Hello, welcome back to the No Rated Podcast. This is going to be a not very long one. You probably already looked at the timestamp and thought, why is this so short? Because the World Cup final has just happened. Lionel Messi has just finally got his hands on the biggest trophy of all. And I've been spamming every comment on Instagram to get people on my page to watch my new reel where I'm very excited about Lionel Messi, like most of the internet is. Um, we've got Raj, we've got Amir, we've got Sakib. I'd love to find out how you're feeling. But at the moment, I don't really care. It's all about Lionel Messi. That was one of the maddest finals going. Uh, Amir, you were out watching it with your boys. How was that? Yeah, do you know what? Like, I, th- I think the main thing about this World Cup has just been really about like the community, the stories, like people sort of celebrating together. I think that's sort of the the thing I enjoy most about the World Cup. And I think you get it a bit in domestic football and club football when you sort of go to the games or with people. Um, in the, in the Champions League, things like that. But like in the World Cup, it's completely different. And yeah, man, I was fully behind Messi. Uh, Messi's the GOAT for me. Messi's my guy. And yeah, to be fair, when uh, when Mbappe scored two, I was like, you know, it's ropes here. But um, we, we did it in the end. Shout out Messi, shout out Mbappe. Uh, and we're cooking, we're cooking. We had like, we spoke about this before on a pod, right? Like this World Cup has been so wild that... We are all messy today. We're all Argentina. But I know for a fact that everyone... No, like, wait, what? I didn't want Messi to win the damn thing. Scary. What, what do you mean? Traitor. I didn't want Messi to win it. Team Why? Ronaldo. From, Was I've it been Team you... Ronaldo for 20 years. Oh, Ronaldo. I put 15 years into Ronaldo prop to now lose at the final hurdle when he's 35. If, like. if, if Ronaldo was really that great, a World Cup shouldn't affect his standing as the GOAT. It doesn't. He should have already proved it himself. Narrative you, talking. you have to argue with Twitter a lot. It is narrative, like it doesn't help the narrative. I'm I'm happy for him, but I didn't want him to win it. I would have been happier. I was cheering France, put it that way. So okay, so on that point, what I was gonna say is like I imagine when Mbappe scored that volley, we were all like fists in the air and hyping oh, it up. No, no, no. Die up. Me and my friends, three of us out of four, was out of our seats cheering, hugging, like couldn't believe what we were seeing. <laughs> But like, I'm, I'm I mean, cursing Colo Moani for the next ten years. We're missing that. I don't know why he took it. But he he like, was really good that? though. I can't even slander him. I thought he was, he was really class. really good. He was class. He changed he the was. game because um, just lift that over, Luis. All you had to do was just lift, and he just took it with like the front of your foot. Like, yeah, but was it, it, was, it was like on a half volley, like yeah, but he didn't well, need a, to. That was You thought you'd hit it early. That was a class save. I have to say, Emi Martinez made himself as big as possible. That's what you get taught. Yeah, ridiculous, isn't it? And he, and that, I think you got to praise the goalie more than the uh, nah, I blame the finish. Any if a goalkeeper saves it, it's normally the striker's fault. A good enough finish doesn't get saved. There's a few exceptions. Right, it's such a short like gap in terms of timing. So when you receive the ball, and yeah. he has to shoot. I don't know. I, yeah, I really exactly. don't know. At that stage in the game, like the game was mad chaotic because literally, wasn't it? They, uh, they went straight down the other end, and Lautaro Martinez put one yeah. wide with his 50p head. Yeah, that was a shocking com- cameo, That's by the, the way. It's the 50 I actually loved mohawk, it so much. Mate. You don't know what I genuinely it comes loved off it. the mohawk, you don't know where it's going to go. <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll talk about Lataro, but I think we should definitely we should definitely start with Messi because this was his World Cup final. The stars were aligned. I've never watched a football final in my life where like the script is actually perfect. Like Messi scores, 
turns it on, looks unbelievable. Mbappe, the, the star that's going to take over the throne, then scores a goal. That he, like the audacity to do that at his age in a World Cup final, like it's just a mad volley. Then Messi fights back again. Then Mbappe gets another say. And I, I can't lie, when I saw the second pen, I was like, he's missed. I was like, he's got, there is no way he does this again. Like the script can't be this perfectly written. And then he's we go not into- Harry Kane. He's <laughs> not Harry Kane, bruv. He's done I, it. That's what I, I, was I happy. realized Larissa's L- L- penalty sort of shot stopping is really poor. I think, and I think he's had a good tournament. He hasn't got the Asian wrists where he kips it away. They just, it just collapses <laughs> on him. Larissa <laughs> or Martinez? Larissa. Okay, because Martinez is the one that got his wrist on two and didn't save him, but then I feel like. Yeah. Larissa was just nowhere near them. But I, mean, I always had the, had the preception that he was good at penalties. I don't know if his Premier League record's good. I don't know. I just oh, remember. He, no, he, was saved, like... he saved zero out of nine in World Cups. Zero. Yeah. Oh. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, just see, seeing like seeing all of those penalties. And I, I think there was a clip on Twitter that sort of put loads of his uh, World Cup penalties in, in one compilation. I was just thinking, like, really, Kane strikes the ball cleanly enough to the point where. He didn't really even need to aim for the top corner as long yeah, as he yeah. sort of got it on target and hit it with enough power. It would probably yeah. have gone in against Lloris, um, which is like a fine margin thing, but uh, you know, it is what it is, yeah, man. I think the thing is, though, in the end, we got the final we wanted. Like, this World Cup's been incredible, and there was a point at two, no, no, it was 76 77 minutes, and I was going, This is a shit final. I was like, This is like the least Qatar World Cup final ever. Uh, France didn't turn up. They were soft. Then they, fr- then they throw on the boy. The star boy is definitely getting a move in Jan or the summer. And they just became a bit more tenacious. Then they get a pen. And then all of a sudden, France is like, hey, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's have our little say in this final. And then the script got written. Um, it was just like pure and utter magic. Raj, you're a massive, massive, messy like fanboy, isn't it? Yeah, definitely, yeah. I think the best thing about this final is that you saw Messi come back in two different phases of the game. So he was running the show at the start of the game. Then you think, this 35-year-old man, he can't come back again in extra time and do it again. But he does. He started picking up the ball in midfield, drilling passes left, right and centre, and scores the goal. That's what the amazing thing about me is. This guy is now at the tail end of his career. And he's and in, the, in the depths of the game, 100 and whatever it was, six minutes, and he still managed to put out moments of genius and, and make a telling contribution. That That's what surprised me the most. I still I didn't think he had it in him still. But uh, he did. Proved me all wrong. Proved me wrong. He's a frightening bloke, isn't it, man? Like, it just, it's just some of the, like, the touch. Saki was just hating this conversation. Look at him. <laughs> if you're just listening on the pod and you can't see his face, he's, he's just screw-facing every comment about Messi. <laughs> the hyperbole, like, is just annoying. Like, it's not a hyperbole. This guy is probably the greatest. The second half, I, he I was invisible. He was invisible second yeah, half. No, I mean, get the, the, extra time. They were defend and also they were defending. They were defending the lead when Di Maria went off. They sort of decided to sit. Yeah. I think that was probably too early and possibly not the right decision to do so. But I, I mean, you can't really blame an attacker or a sort of more attack-minded player for not doing more when your team's just sitting in. Uh, and then when it was time, I I agree with Raj in that. Like I thought, uh, sort of at the end of regular time, like at the end of the ninety minutes, I thought Messi's legs were done. And then, as soon as they were able to impart a bit more pressure, and Lautaro, for as bizarre as a cameo that he did have, he made things happen. He, he started running, mm. uh, you know, getting chances, penning um, France in a little bit. And then, like, Messi could show his brilliance off again. Um, so even though, like, 
you you know, pe- people will say uh, Mbappe had an amazing game and it was a classic. It was one of the sort of best yeah. individual moments uh, that we've seen in in like a World Cup ever. I think he's got like, a, I mean, ha- to have a hat trick in a World Cup final and to do that sort of in two minutes in a row, I think that's remarkable. But I think Messi uh, and his performance was over a greater proportion of the game. I think Messi imparted his influence for more minutes of the game than Mbappe did. And Mbappe just provides that magic and changes the game within moments. And I think that's a little bit where I see the difference between the two of them and why I think sort of Messi was the best player again today, irrespective of who won the penalty shootout or not. Di Maria was better than him in the first half. Di Maria was amazing. Di Maria is amazing. Di Maria oh, dropped a masterclass. Messi was not Argentina's best player in the game at any single point. That that pass for the uh, uh, second goal from Messi though, that was absolutely magnificent. No, no. To be fair though, like I loved that touch, but the pass from Alex McAllister is such a difficult pass. Like there's so many times that pass gets over here or the angle is wrong. It's such a gorgeous... He dropped a masterclass today, man. Like, I loved his performance. He um, reminds me... Just quick... Tiny, go on. Sorry, he reminds me a tiny bit of Gundogan. I think he's, mm. he's a, a little bit less polished, but, like, some of the things he Pol- does... Wait, and, but you mean polished, like, physically or, like, tech-wise? Polished as in, like, a complete game. Like, Gundogan obviously has the experience, and, I mean, you expect that. But like, I think just naturally, in terms of the areas that he picks the ball in, the way he uses his body to keep the ball, the passes that he can find, he sort of roams and supports the players on the flank a little bit. I thought I saw a little bit of Gundogan in, in McAllister's game in the final today. I was also just going to very quickly say on Di Maria, the reason I think he got subbed is because he's an emotional wreck. Like, the man cried after every single goal. Like, I every that. goal that went Legend. in, he, <laughs> he's bawling his eyes out, like, so, like to a, to a crazy level. And I was like, you all right? Like, someone needs to help. Someone just put, put your arm around him. He's been crying the entire game. Um, it was just a, it's just a bit of a mad game. I think, like, Messi, as Raj said, like, sort of, he's almost, like, saves his legs for those moments. There's a moment, actually, was it in normal time, where he got it on the edge of the box, shimmied inside and smashed it. As hard as you could on Larice, like tipped it over the bar. Yeah, it was the end of end of regular time. It's just like right, that's in. It was just yeah. I was watching him like like as soon as he got got it into his feet, I was like, he's literally reserved his energy for like the last twelve minutes for this one moment. It's like a game breaker Um, in FIFA Street. Yeah, 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 yeah. There was also a clearance at two two in extra time. Uh, I think it was Taram or somebody was on the edge of the box, almost got in, but Messi made started came flying backwards and put it out for a corner. So yeah, he definitely. Yeah, I tweeted something about that. I I was saying early in the game that like, I I read a quote or something that I think I I can't remember who said it, but basically Deschamps was saying at half time that um, France were really like in terms of their energy and and their motivation and sort of their attitude, they were really behind Argentina, and that was the reason why the gap between the performances was so great. I tweeted something about Mbappe and his attitude and his sort of like outward appearance and his leadership um, sort of being below par compared to Messi and everyone knows that Messi mm. walks a lot um, he's sort of being criticised in the past for being this player that sometimes a little bit invisible when things are tough or when the ball's not in and around him at the stage of a World Cup final the stakes are so great we saw Messi sprinting and pressing the last line running back and defending in his own box and then we didn't really see too much of that from Mbappe at all until the penalty and then after the penalty he sprints picks up the ball from 
the net and then he's cheering is, is up that the a bit crowd. Of a, is that is that a bit of a youth thing? Because I tweeted saying, I th- and it was hilarious because he scored the pen like a minute after I tweeted, so people were battering me. But I, I tweeted saying that I think Mbappe doesn't have many facets to his game, and if it's if there's no space behind the fullback, he struggles, and if the ball isn't getting to him, he won't go and get it basically. And I think that's an experience. Maybe it's an age thing. Like maybe he just doesn't. He's not that sort of player just yet. Oh, I was going to say, I d- I don't think Mbappe is a, a player who like shies away from the ball he really likes playing with the ball he wants to get the ball and I think at PSG um, compared to France sometimes he's complained because he's almost played as a nine or he's I think what was that pivot gang saga where he (laughs) he essentially wants to play with the ball more he wants to have a lot of responsibility Um, with sort of not being this leader who's going to press the last line that's never been his game he sort of wants to be the guy to change the game get on the ball score a goal get past the player things like that and Messi's sort of been similar. I just think at the level of a World Cup, sometimes you put that aside and you sort of leave it all on the line. And I think we saw that in Mbappe's game after the penalty went in. Um, but beforehand, sort of the energy was low, the momentum was against France and, and things like that. Do you think like Messi is given a free role though? So if he does end up at CDM, it's not a massive surprise. Whereas like Mbappe maybe is a bit more positional responsibility on him to hang on that left side. I feel like Messi, they, they don't care where he ends up. The manager just says... Yeah, but that's because he can do everything. Like, with with Mbappe, yeah, he's allowed. But but like with Mbappe, for example, I wouldn't want Mbappe picking up the ball from my centre-back sort of in centre-mid. But with Messi, if he does that, I know he can play a pass 30, 40 yards into Di Maria. Um, the thing was, Mbappe did try that a few times, but... He just gives the ball away because he like he zips it into an area where he's never going to get it back, and like in a, in a really like basic way to describe this, I just see him in the in that for like seventy minutes. He was getting the ball and just going, "Someone just give me a one-two and let me just get into space." And that was not happening because France were not at it. And then I was like, "Well, what are you actually what are you actually giving to the team?" And at that point, after seventy-eight minutes, he gave nothing. I think it's definitely true that he's less complete. Obviously, they're messy, but he's not complete outside of the final third. He's a purely final third player. Um, and that's why, some, as Omir said, unless the team is playing well, sometimes he can't exert his influence on the game because he won't drag the team by picking the ball up from deeper and then driving at someone and then playing an amazing pass. Um, so I think there's a question to be had there about his completeness. But yeah. within the final third but, itself, he's good He's good in tight spaces. Wait, wait, the thing is, though, the thing is, we're comparing him to Messi, which is kind of unfair, isn't it? Like, the fact that Messi can do all of this, that there's very set few players in history that can sort of pick up the ball, control a game, and then also be so good in the final third. I think you have to judge Mbappe just for what he really is, which is like an attacker. His influence is to try and score goals. And as an attacker... He's the he's... best human football player on the planet. Do you know what I mean? He's not an alien. He's a best... We have... Okay, we can't so, so is, is there then... Is there... My following tweet after that was going to be regarding Mo Salah. I don't want to veer off too much from the final. But this I didn't is the one, tweet this it. This is the one. This is the one. Yeah, I didn't tweet it because... I'm busy for Mbappe this scored. <laughs> Mbappe scored and I knew the internet was going to go crazy. So I was like, I'm just going to stop at this point. But Mo Salah is criticised for everything Mbappe did today for 70 minutes. But there's definitely an argument there to say that Mo Salah has more of a messy impact on these games, even when he's quiet for 75 minutes. He will drop in, he'll try and put the ball up, he'll try and play passes between the line. He has more facets to his game than just being a penalty box goal scorer. 100%. His playmaking is better than Mbappe's. I said that, but this I got flamed for that take of saying, well, I'd, I wouldn't swap Salah for Mbappe. 
I'd, so I'd swap Mbappé Salah for Mbappé, but I would swap Salah for Mbappé for sure. But I'm not massively mad at the idea that Salah at his best, his playmaking is better than Mbappé. The only difference is with Mbappé, his like the level of his sort of difference making is so great that you sacrifice some of the playmaking for that. Um, he's, more, he's more devastating. Mbappe is more devastating. But gives you moments in a game to like today, game. for seventy-five minutes, he does nothing. If he if they don't get that pen, he leaves that final as a loser who's done absolutely nothing for his team. I know. I, I oh, know this, for a but fact, the second goal, it's sort of the second goal. How many people in world football score that? Even if you're more influential in the second, second goal, third. never ever happens if the first penalty doesn't happen. Yeah, but I know you're at home saying. I guess we'll never know. <laughs> I was at home saying, why do you hear early? Yeah, 100%. I think and my friend, like, that was genius. Yeah, yeah. I th- that's, that is the beauty of who he is. I can see um, Giroud pulling that off. I can see Benzema pulling that off. I can see Giroud I... pulling that off just because he's a mental player and he tries weird stuff like that. Um, <laughs> I don't know if they try it in that situation. Like, because mm. the game was so erratic, he scored, just scored a pen, hasn't done anything for like 75 minutes in the game. To have the audacity at 23 years of age to go, I'm going to like half scissor kick this into the far corner on the volley. Uh, he could have ballooned that into the stands and people are going, you flipping idiot. Go on, <laughs> Yeah, I think we need to have a conversation about Karim Benzema again here. I think his influence was badly missed in the first sector of this game. This is a guy, we're talking about playmaking. This guy can pick it up on the halfway line and drill passes in behind for runners. We've seen it for Real Madrid. Real Madrid have been down in the dump several times in the Champions League last season. Benzema stood up and uh, pulled the game around on his own at times. So I think people are saying Giroud or Benzema, they've got similar strengths in my opinion. Giroud is good in the air. Benzema is good in the air. Benzema is a good link player. Giroud is a good link player. Giroud can be subservient to another player like Mbappe. Benzema can do that as well. We saw it with Cristiano for years. Benzema's got that additional stardust, so I hated that notion that Giroud was a better fit than Benzema. I didn't see it at all. No, I have to. I completely disagree, man. The thing is, first <laughs> of all, you, you 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 have the sort of influence on the team. Like on an international stage, you want you sort of want this balance, this squad harmony. I don't know what happened with Benzema and France and Deschamps or whatever. I don't really want to speculate, but it seems like there's something there sort of between the social media stories, the press conference answers, things like that. Um, With Giroud and Benzema, I think there's loads of similarities that you mentioned to their profiles. What I will say, one of the main differences is, uh, one of the main differences uh, is, is that Giroud sort of pins defenders. He has this kind of strictness to sort of stay within that central area um, and sort of, attack the box and, and pick his moments and I think on the international stage if you want someone to sort of create a little moment of magic for you then maybe Benzema is the guy but Benzema almost takes up too much responsibility I think mm-hmm. um, whereas Giroud links and, and bring brings players in like Mbappe but he's a player who's going to sort of stay in his own occupy these centre-backs and be this player that everyone else can play off of or find him as this alternative sort of chance creation method with with Benzema he sort of plays like these other players in that he wants to be technical he wants to almost beat a man he wants to score that beautiful goal out of nothing um whereas I think it benefits France to have Mbappe be your main man and Giroud be that guy in the middle I think aside from the tactical stuff it's an impossible call to me you literally can't do that to a guy that scored four goals in the lead up to your World Cup run to, to get to the final and then just drop him by the final. I think it would be so yeah, I disruptive. I think he had a knee injury to... as well. I'm pretty sure he yeah. was playing on on a yeah. sort of a knee injury as well. 
I'm not going to lie, though. If Benzema plays in this game, and let's say everything stays the same, like everyone performs the way they did, ain't going to change Dembele's performance because he dropped the biggest, stinkiest <laughs> performance ever. I think, That's to so be fair, happened. it was a little unfair on him because they sort of like almost made him play as a right-sided midfielder at times and mm. and that did yeah. not help. His... Go on. He got exposed because Griezmann, I think Griezmann's role off the ball was a bit dodgy today. Deschamps didn't really yeah. nail it down. He was sometimes pressing up in, as part of a front three and then it left gaps behind him for Argentina to exploit in the midfield. Um, and when he was pressing, he wasn't getting there quite in time. I, I didn't I didn't understand why Deschamps just didn't sit deeper in his classic 4-4-2 and say, come on, play through us. He did try to be a bit more aggressive at times. And I, and for the first goal especially, or for the penalty incident, Enzo was left in like some ocean of space where he then carried the ball forwards and it led to the penalty. So I think Deschamps got it wrong tactically there. And Dembele, Nobody. you don't you don't want to give him defensive responsibility. He saw what happened. Nobody wants to talk about it, but Greasy also dropped a stinker today, regardless of yeah. role. But like he did not want the ball. He was getting like he was getting getting. To be, in my opinion, France was soft, and he like embodied how soft they were. He was getting like lumps kicked out of him. If that's my boy playing seven aside, I'm going to him, go in nets for five minutes, man. Like you ain't <laughs> it today. You're not at it. Um, very quickly, as I said, this will be a short one. Uh, of two quick highlights from everyone from the game, whether it's tactical, whether it's what you took away from the messy stuff, whatever it is, um, go ahead and I'll give you mine. Cause one of the things that's my highlight, I want to talk about in a little bit more depth. Um, so Sakib, I'll let you go first. Soon as you're munching your Pepe's chips, I would love to <laughs> hold on, hold on. Other brands are available just in case of sponsorship <laughs> deals. Nando, Nando, um, <laughs> my first highlight was Didier Deschamps subs around 37 minutes because that is the exact thing Southgate wouldn't do. And yeah. I love the fact that he, I'm, I'm not to dig out Southgate, but I kind of am, but like to roll the dice in a World Cup final. Like balls of steel, my friend. To do that at that point, I loved it. You don't see okay. it often, especially not in a final. So I, I rate him, and I, and it did make a difference. Told him what's his name, Kola Moani was great. Yeah, um, Turan was was quite impactful as well. So I love that. And the second has to be the volley, man. The, I'm just, I'm sitting there going, no, why have you done it? Take a touch. Oh, it's in. Um, just brilliant. <laughs> like the the audacity, just the. Sheer balls, man. It's just like I love that for a twenty-three-year-old to do that in a stage like that. Now four World Cup goals, beautiful. And Mbappe, you got three more chances. Theme here is that you like balls, not like that haram. Yeah, I would just mean like balls of steel. I like balls. Yes, I was waiting for you to self-pause. Yeah, I was waiting. Uh, I love Still. that. You know, if someone new listens to this pod, is just going, "What the f is a self pause? <laughs> what is happening here?" They need to catch up on their on their law, no ratings law. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah man. Um, go on, Raj. I'll let you have your next two. So yeah, first one is that Messi flick around the corner for the uh, second goal. I thought there's very few players who have played that because it was blo- it was actually behind him. He, the, the run from uh, Molina, I think it was. Uh, I don't even know how he saw it. He swiveled and passed it. I thought that was outstanding. Um, the other one is probably just a shift that Rodrigo de Paul put in. This guy is an absolute oh, workhorse. I wish this guy was my best friend because I swear this guy, <laughs> he, he was, uh, uh, bro, this guy, yeah, uh, he he played his whole tournament just for Lionel Messi. Everything, every action. I think <laughs> yeah. he set his alarm early. He went to sleep early. This guy was in the gym just thinking, I need to win this trophy for Lionel Messi. And you know what? Fair enough. Because he was genuinely like, 
he, he deserves like a, a year off paid salary everything he needs to enjoy his time because this <laughs> guy oh, yeah because wow like what a shift thing is like whenever an Argentinian player is caught out of position the pool is there just to sweep it all up clear up the mess and you got to love a guy like that and also talking of how Mbappe didn't really take the game by the scruff of the neck in the first part of the game. DePaul is one of those who will take responsibility to carry the ball at the pitch, gain his team some territory, and I love I love a player like that. I, I, the one thing I love about him is uh, I've never seen someone get up so fast. So, like, you know when, like, you know when you see, like, two players collide in a slide tackle and the guy who's won the ball, gets the ball first, can run up with it, he has a couple of seconds to look up... Somehow, every time Rodrigo de Paul collides with someone, he's already up to win the next tackle <laughs> off the same guy. I'm like, how are you yeah. springing back up so quickly? Yeah, he's like, side note, they, I think they all did that really. Like the Argentinians played the ugly stuff really well. Romero made it horrible. Tamendi made it horrible. Like they were just horrible and ugly. I think they did that really well. Yeah. See that nasty tackle um, Romero put in on uh, Mbappe oh, in extra time. That one, he le- he put yeah, he leaves something a, else extra in in there all the time. That was an orange orange card that. That yeah. was hey, was an orange card as well, man. That was like, oh, yeah. I was like, what? I was like, this guy just comes on just to cause shit. Yeah, every I thought he was. Time. Yeah, I thought he was. Uh, he did a couple, couple. He's a bit. You know, sus, mad that guy. You know, mad. You know, mad stuff about Paredes. He came on, fifteen passes, fifteen completed. He was the guy who actually popped it up over the top for um, uh, Montiel, who then lofted it over the top for the uh, for the uh, third goal. So yeah, I thought he kept the ball oh, nice. well when he came on. Because uh, they, they were losing control, Argentina. They needed that bit more stability in there. Nice. Uh, Raj, what, did you have two there or just one? Yeah, it's two, two. Done. Calm. Amir, what's your two? Angel Di Maria's... Uh, what, like, to, first of all, to play off the left, I think that was... I, I'd class that as sort of my first moment um, because a very few players are able to play left and right because of the, the angles that you're playing that are completely different. And the fact that he's really sort of one-footed and he's able to thrive on both sides is like such a rare skill set. Um, and I thought he was what really, do you think really it, what impressive. Do you think, what, what do you think it is about his um, skill set that makes him so good on the left as, as well as the right? There's I this thing, I don't know how to pronounce it. I think there's this thing called gambet, gambetta, gambetta. It's like this Argentinian term, which just describes mm. like, let me try and find the actual. I'm not like gonna lie. That just sounds like a Brazilian starter on the menu. I'm not gonna lie. It's actually amazing. Give me like, a second. Garlic prawns, I... that is. I swear <laughs> to God, that's garlic prawns. <laughs> All right, look, I've, I asked a, a guy from Argentina about what, what this term meant, but basically, it's like a, a term that describes dribbling, um, and it's like an Argentinian term, but it's. Oh, I'm going to sound like, an, like a sci- mad scientist or something, but basically. It, it was a term that was used to describe like movements of like, I think ostrich movements. So like these weird, like gangly, really hard to read movements. And like Di Maria has that quality more than anybody else in uh, the Argentinian side. The fact that he Did you just plays call him an ostrich? De- deceptively so in the way that he moves his legs <laughs> and he dribbles. When he plays off the left there, he's really hard to read. I think that's why he buys so many sort of fouls, penalties. But the fact is like, I don't know why he can do it on the left as well as he can do it on the right. That's just like a, almost like a repetition thing. People are sort of used to playing on one side. With Di Murray, he's mm. like, I don't know. I'm just so impressed by his quality. I think third most assist in the Champions League ever. He's played in a three-man central midfield for Real Madrid and excelled. Played on the right, played on the left. I think in all of his cameos, basically, this 
tournament. He's been incredible. And then my second point, I'd probably say uh, Julian Alvarez is pressing because he, uh, when Argentina were sort of back... Imagine my shock. I knew Gabby you were going to say that. <laughs> uh, I have to get Alvarez prop in there. But like when Argentina were sort of backs against the wall, like he'd push back against some of that pressure um, just in his own pressing. And I think he paid attention to many really well. Um and obviously he didn't score anything like that today, but yeah, he really put in his his shift. Oh, additional side note on Man City strikers. I just loved Aguero was there. I loved, yeah, I love Aguero in it. So I just it was beautiful to see because he got robbed. Maybe what would he have been right now? May thirty four. I think so. So he might have still been in the squad if it wasn't for the heart thing. And he might. I think he probably would have been in the squad just because of like yeah. he's such a big personality. They bought. I mean, they're happy to have him in and around the squad as well as Los Celso, even though they were both yeah. unable to play uh, just because of... Oh, right. They, they still offer something. In the semi-final, I think he definitely was. I'm not sure about the final, but I yeah, assume so. He's been in and around the squad. They're like yeah, a massive family, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, it's I think proper nice, man. The story of the World Cup, in it? That's, that's why they sort of like won it, in my opinion, because they were just mm. more together. Um, yeah, my two very quickly because the second one we'll have a quick discussion about, but I don't want it to go on too long. Firstly, Hugo Lloris, my brother. There are certain situations where I have to question this man. I think that third goal doesn't happen if three minutes before that he doesn't come rushing out. Do you remember the one where he rushes out to the edge of the box and sort of like flaps it out? And then a moment later, Messi scuffs a shot and he should catch it, but he puts it out for a corner. That all yeah. happens in such a tight sequence. The third one of that is Lataro Martinez. I know for a fact that good goalkeepers push that around the post, not back mm. inside yeah, towards yeah, yeah. their own goal, and Messi scores. That does not happen. And I honestly really fully believe and on the psychology of goalkeepers. If you're a goalkeeper who gets bored in nets and wants to rush out to claim things and is a little bit erratic because you want too much involvement, you're going to have problems. And I think that's, he basically just rushes out in a situation he doesn't need to watch them three minutes back. That then leads to a bit of a mental brain fart when Messi has that shot. And then once again, when Lataro Martinez has that shot, and that is where the final was lost for France in the end, obviously came back, but, and then also his penalty, I mean, his penalty stopping is forget about it. He actually went the right way and with the Messi one, he he was, he was there. He just wasn't there. Um, But Messi, Messi picked his side just because he saw Lloris, Go early-ish. Um, was that your highlight or your low light or your general observation? That was just like my my general analysis, you know. Um, nice. My other thing was, and I personally love this, and Amir said before we started recording that I was one of the only people that tweeted on it, but when uh, Messi went up to get the trophy and they put on, I think there's a technical term for it, but for those that don't know, they put on the cloak on his shoulders and I was like, let's flipping go, this is cold. Um, and I've just come across a picture and you can find it on the No Ratings pod uh, Instagram. Where it looks like like the king is getting like given <laughs> like something that finally announces him as like the king of football. It's the coldest picture ever. Unfortunately, there is a man in that picture that you probably want to try and crop out. He's bald. I'm sure you can figure out the rest of it. Um, but there's that was an amazing moment for me. However, what happened on the internet after wasn't that amazing because I thought everyone collectively collectively have the opinion that this was a wonderful cultural moment. The World Cup's been in Qatar, of course. Qatar's had its issues. But this, for me, was Qatar Qatar was giving Messi something that they regard as like a nice touch to crown him as the king and the captain of winning the World Cup. But the internet saw that as there's some like, I don't know, I don't want to put words in people's mouths, but I know the 
the dialogue of the internet was definitely not as spiritual as what my dialogue was in in this personal um situation so i'm going to ask you first like because i know like you're very passionate about this um mm. what did you think what do you make of everything in this in this cloak saga i thought it was beautiful i loved it um and it wasn't because there's no islamic connotation to that coat i think it's called a bisht yes yeah. i want to say there's nothing islamic about it so i don't actually relate to it in any other way because i'm not qatari nor am i arab right but to see culture celebrated with people that look like us or may have common traits with us due to their beliefs. I think, why not shine, show it off? Like, if this was Britain, I'm trying to think what the equivalent would be, but, like, you know, if King Charles was pre- was present when Messi lifted the trophy and maybe, you know, presented him with the staff or a ring or anything, would it be as offensive? I don't think so. Like, it's a celebration of culture. It's a celebration of a great World Cup. Um, and they... They love football and they're super happy that football is somewhere where it's never really been, right, in in that Gulf state. So why shouldn't we celebrate that? Why shouldn't we be be happy that there's a new audience for football? Um, I I found Gary Lineker's comments quite strange, immediately after on broadcast, um, a bit odd. And, you know, they've been lambasted. They've been lambasted pre-World Cup, pre three, four years, last three, four years, they've been absolutely tarnished, right? And a and negative press everywhere. So to pull off a great World Cup with zero arrests, women on record saying how comfortable they are, no fighting, no alcoholism-related incidents, let's crown it off with a celebration of our culture. I, I think they deserve that. I think they've earned that. Given we started the World Cup with a 10-minute speech of how bad Qatar is, and we had Morgan Freeman in an opening ceremony that wasn't broadcasted on domestic telly. It's a bit of an FU from them, I think. A bit of a, you know, we're celebrating our culture and we don't really care at this point. And I, I think they deserve that moment. Raj, as the the non-Muslim in this conversation, not to throw you under the bus, but I genuinely just want your thoughts on it. Um, because that's that's kind of why we have this pod as well. And like, I'm really keen to know what you think. Cause immediately I was, as I said, I was spiritual and that's what Sakib said is pretty similar to what I was thinking. Well, yeah, I saw, I saw also a tweet saying basically in um, 2004, Euro 2004, uh, but that was in Greece, wasn't it? They put mm. um, the kind of Greek re- uh, like reef on players when they were going up to get the medals. So it's a similar aspect there. I think people are just getting annoyed by this one because of all the controversy we've seen with Qatar. And they've now just got another bit of ammunition to really try and throw against them. And that's what people are going to look to do at the end of the day. I, I don't think it did any harm, let's be honest. Messi seemed happy to accept it. And yeah, it's just a bit of a Qatari kind of cultural uh, heritage as part of the ceremony. I don't, I don't see an issue with it, to be honest. I, I think it tells a lot about how little people know about other people's religions. Like people mm. immediately went, oh, that's like a is like an Islam thing. Now I'm Muslim. I can I can tell you for sure that's not an Islam thing. It's a mm. cultural thing. Um, so I think if you're in every country, would have their own different cultures, and every country would have a different way of celebrating certain things. Uh, in my opinion, it was just a Qatari way of celebrating a World Cup given to the goat of the world. Go on, go on, sorry. I, I was just gonna add as well. Like you can't you can't take a bit. You can't go there and wear thobes. And post your picture on Instagram in Thobes and say, oh, I'm in Qatar. And then be offended when the most famous athlete <laughs> in the world yeah, yeah, at this point is... Like, yeah. 
you can't pick and choose. You either go there yeah. and you're one way, or you're, I, I just don't really understand the hypocrisy. People, people go on holiday abroad all the time and wear local traditional costumes or clothes. What's the difference? I don't see the issue. Yeah. Uh, Amir, any thoughts? I don't know. I, I thought, I, th- I think people's complaints, I mean, s- some of the complaints that I saw uh, around the topic were more the timing possibly. Um, and some of some of the complaints were also kind of footballing. I, I, I don't think all of them were about culture and things like that, which, but obviously some of them were. I think when I was speaking to people about it, a couple of them said the fact that Messi's sort of wearing a different outfit to everybody else when they're lifting the trophy um, is a negative thing because everybody's won the cup together and like he shouldn't be um, sort of made out to be an individual. Mm. Um, The thing is, he was sort of the best player of the tournament, which is why, and the captain as well, which is why I think that was the case. Um, I think if it was anybody else and it wasn't Lionel Messi, I would understand many of the criticisms and to be fair I do understand some of them already but the fact it is Lionel Messi I think giving him this sort of outfit having him almost like coronated as like the king of football um, in a way that is probably a sign of respect is fine and especially if like if Messi didn't really have a problem with it I think um, obviously you probably yeah, why is everyone else yeah this is what I'm like, saying I think Messi eventually got out in full force yeah well I, I think if Messi I'd love to hear like a response from Messi to see if he was sort of fine with it or, or not if Messi was fine with it I think many of these criticisms are sort of uh, sort of dissipate themselves but like yeah I don't know I can see some of the complaints um, for me I thought it was fine I thought it was I think there's other things to complain about uh, with regards to the tournament that aren't this cloak. I've, and I've I'll found... say that's the whole... Sorry, I was just going to add as well, like the celebration of the other cultures, the whole point of the whole long-ass bidding process that there is, like that World Cup should be as Qatari as possible. And now the next Euro should be as German as possible. And then whoever wins in 2030, if it is Morocco, it should be as Moroccan as possible. Show us, mm. like show us as much as you can of your culture. Like London Olympics, I remember black cabs and double-deckers used on all the promo and all the marketing and everything quintessentially British was used as promo. And I I think we should celebrate every country you go to. That's what makes it unique. Like South Africa, the defining image is Vuvuzelas. I don't even know mm. what Vuvuzela was before that. Because of the <laughs> yeah. World Cup in South Africa, I now know that's a Vuv- like in Hopefully in 10 years, a kid knows what a biscuit is. Or what, you know what I mean? Like It's education, mm. man. I think... Um... Looking at it from a different perspective, I understand if you're arguing that at that moment that maybe you not shouldn't have done that. My thing is, there is definitely an element of tactic to that for sure because when that image goes worldwide, they are going to go that happened in Qatar. There's an element of that, of course there is. Yeah. Um. So I can I can see if you're arguing a little bit in timing, but then at the same time going. If that was me and that was my country or my state or my city or my moment, if Stormzy won an award on a night that we were sort of like, it's Eid, I'm definitely going to give him something that represents, that happened in my yard. Do you know what I mean? Like that happened in, like, you know, it's like, it's, it's tactical, but it's also normal. Like everybody kind of wants that. Um, anyway, uh, let's finish on a very, very light note. Last, sorry, last note whilst we're here, here, last <laughs> note. Like, no, I don't think if you're not brown or Muslim, you don't understand the pressures of like, I open doors for old ladies. So when she walks through that door, she says, 
oh, they're not all that bad. Like, yeah. That's the pressure we walk with. I, I didn't choose that pressure. I want her to see, oh, that brown kid's got manners. And like, that is part of carrying us. We we want to show you that, hey, we're just like you. We, we, we're fine. We're normal. We're not, and you know, all the early naughty pressure. We're not all terrorists or this or that. And like, that, I'm sure Qatar's feeling a bit of that. Look, we're not all bad here. Wear our cloak. Look, dress like us. You know, it's a nice place to be. And that's my final point. I just want to add, you don't, if you don't have ever never felt that pressure of being you is a problem just because of your skin colour, you might not understand. Um, also, just to add to that, one more thing. Um, I love the fact that on Instagram today, like Rio and all these guys that are out there are all in like the full outfits. I was like, these guys are loving it. This is cold. And they all look, and it all looks sick as well. Um, of course, Rio would find a blue one. And everyone else is wearing a white one. Fair play, Rio. His wardrobe is popping, man. Probably the best dressed man I've seen. Hey, that double-breasted suit today. Oh, bro, jeez. I saw that and I was like, hey, you might hit the top 10 list of Penguins ballers. <laughs> but then I was like, I've got you. You got about 30 guys in that list. You got about 30 guys in that list. Right. Um, I was going to ask you for a different light note to finish the pod on, but you've just given it to me. So that will absolutely <laughs> I just do. I want to ask you a question quickly, just quickly as a Man City Go fan, on. yeah? Yes, do you think Julian Alvarez was more deserving of young player than Enzo? Just like a minute answer. I'm not mad that Enzo's won it. I would prefer that Alvarez uh, did win it because I think the other midfielders um, in for Argentina were all sort of at a similar level, all really quite impressive. Um, and I think Alvarez stood out a little bit just because he offered something different. Uh, but mm. but Alvarez, I mean, Enzo Fernandez is one of the. Well, one of the best midfielders in the tournament. I, I don't. I'm not. It's not an injustice. I think both of those two up there. I would have preferred yeah. Alvarez, but don't mind. What I would have loved to see is if they gave the golden glove to like Bono, and he had to come out in the middle of the celebration to collect it. Like, what is the process there? Like, do they just bell him and go, "Yo, can you just pop down in your suit and blaze?" And just <laughs> how are they ever going to give it to anyone who wasn't in the final? Um, <laughs> Anyway, uh, for those of you listening, as always, thank you very much. I hope you've enjoyed the World Cup. We have one more episode coming where I am going to give away my precious £100 to either Amir, Faisal or Lears on the basis of the predictions. And we haven't worked it out yet. Um, but I know my £100 ain't staying with me because my predictions <laughs> stunk. I had Uruguay in the final, to be fair. Um, so, yeah, I hope you've enjoyed. Darwin Nunez, top scorer. <laughs> Josh. Um, yes, and they call me. The they, they, they slate me for my outlandish takes. Uh, um, yeah anyway uh, we, you will find out what happens with that on Tuesday if you are new here make sure you follow the pod follow the guys Amir, Raj and Sakib all across social media and as always thank you for your support thank you for the love the World Cup's been incredible we're back to the Premier League very soon I feel like I need a little bit of time out because that World Cup was an absolute joke viva Messi and viva the cloak that's all I'm going to say see you next time Kili Kili. <laughs>